3: Hello, and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. And Elliot. Hey.
4: Hello. We're here. We're here.
3: We're here. We're, we're, we're at the finale.
4: We are in the final, the final stretch. Series three.
3: Screaming, crying, throwing up.
4: Didn't think we'd ever get here.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, look at us. Who would have thought it? Not me. Hey, look at us. <laughs> love poor Rod. anywho how are you doing
4: I'm I'm doing I'm doing good um yeah yeah nothing's really happened but I'm doing good um how are you doing I have a feeling I know the answer
3: yeah I'm doing really great do you want to know why because I'm going to the eras tour because i got tickets uh and I'm going two times so uh love that for me all of your manifesting worked guys thank you
4: <laughs> it did it did I have nothing that I need manifesting for, but I know you guys will—you know—you'll show up for me when I need it. Exactly. But yeah, other than that, you know, generally, generally doing okay.
3: Oh yeah, no, now I'm going to the Eras tour. I can die, so it's fine. Hey. Except not—not not before I go, obviously. Let's just get that out there.
4: Well, try not to do that because then you won't actually be able to go to the Eras tour. Um, but instead, you know, what's a better use of your time than refreshing your browser. Just try and get tickets. Three mails. We got them. Yeah. But uh, but Three Um, I'm hosting Three Males Corner this week. How's it going? Good? Well done. Nice. Yeah, I like your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's for everybody who's listening to this and wants me to tell them that I like their shirt. Um, (laughs) There we go.
3: You got it. You got your bloody compliment. Are you happy?
4: I did. Happy August 24th. That'll freak someone out in the future. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Our first email... Goes as follows. Greetings from New Zealand. I apologise in advance for the long email. It's not long. You've just broken it up into lots of chunks so it looks long, but it's fine. I've read longer. I'm currently listening to your Series 2 episodes as well as the new episodes when they come out and I'm very much enjoying them. I thought your opinions and ideas on the Doctor being neurodivergent slash asexual to be close to my own as a fellow autistic person. I'd love an episode discussing it further. Who knows?
3: On the cards. On the the cards, cards. For sure.
4: Also, the Doctor does have ADHD, is implied and referenced in the mini-sodes for The Magician's Apprentice, although I don't know if that makes it canon. Well, I've never seen any of the mini-sodes, but also anything revolving around The Magician's Apprentice shouldn't be made canon. (laughs) Uh, um, We will will investigate it at our own time, Um, but thank you for that, I didn't know that. The 12th the Doctor is my favourite Doctor, but 11 brings me the most comfort. My personal favourite series are 3, 4, 6, and 10. I'm intrigued to hear your series 4 and series 9 opinions. Series 8 and series 9 in particular, as I do like the 12 Clara dynamic. They make me feel things, but I'm indifferent to it as a ship. I feel like your takes would be interesting to hear. Also, I met both Freema Agerman and Sophie Aldred at a convention recently, and they were both very nice. asked Freema what she'd add or change about her series 3 outfit, and she said she would add a pair of comfortable shoes.
3: oh my god i love that you asked that oh i love that so much
4: yeah i I, she could have got a bit more imaginative than a pair of comfortable shoes but that is lovely um uh, i also have a question if you can make up a character for the show who what would they be and what situations would you put them in thanks bell they he she thank you very much bell
3: yeah thank that's a really good question it's
4: a really good question
3: wow really good um I think me, just off the top of my head, because I could really go really in depth on this, but I don't have the brain capacity all the time, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> but if you're gonna ask me what I would want, I feel like it would be really fun to have a companion that maybe is from the past. Like someone from the past, and I want more of a complicated family dynamic. Like we've had that to a degree, but like mm. I wanna go in on that. Like, like a messy I want family. to have more of a compa. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of, that's just off the top of my head, like I said. Um,
4: fun, fun, fun fact. Yeah. Uh, classic Who had some companions in the past. Um, but my favourite being... No,
3: I know that, I know, no, yeah.
4: No, yeah. No, I know, I'm, I'm just... There's a there's a great story of Katerina, who was taken from ancient Greece, um, who basically the writers killed off straight away in Dalek's master plan because they realised how fucking annoying it is writing someone from ancient Greece. Because <laughs> um, they were just like, oh, she doesn't know anything. But also, they made her under- not understand really stupid things. Like, they wrote her not understanding what a lock was. Very odd. Um, I think that's why they did a lot of them get like, oh, God, we can't, we can't be bothered to write a old and timey companion. But I think after all, they just kind of kept doing it but gave up. Like, Victoria's from the past. But yeah, I just always like that story. They're just like, oh, fucking Jesus Christ, Katarina. Killer. Just kill her.
3: Come on. Just kill her. Just kill her off. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it'd be fun. But what do you think, Elliot? What is your ponderings on this?
4: Um, it's something that I should, would imagine will probably come back with uh, RTD2, but um, mm-hmm. and was was a bit present in, like, Jodie's era, especially with Dan. Uh, but just, like, I like seeing working-class people on screen. Um so I'd always have if of a preference it would always be someone from, you know, a working class background. Um, probably a sort of relatively unknown actor. And, you know, more just more diversity, more people of colour, more queer people, stuff like that.
3: Absolutely. Like I mean, I I feel like to be really honest to be really honest with you, like Bill was a lot of what I wanted in a companion for a long time. Um, she just got an awful 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 ending and was treated awfully so whatever um but i'd say bill was kind of a lot of what i wanted so that's why i went with the companion from the past because we already got someone that i wanted i wanted a queer companion who was openly queer very unapologetically queer and young who was like a student so that was bill and i loved bill i can't wait to talk about her actually i'm really excited (laughs)
4: yeah we love Bill I just always get bored when it's like I, I enjoy Amy and Rory's dynamic but I get bored when I see middle class people and they just kind of live in that really nice house in the middle of like London and you know they can drive sports cars I just always get a bit like
3: I've seen their house I went uh, in Cardiff years ago you know when I did that Doctor Who tour which I always talk about but like that house I went to and the door was actually open and people were like I think moving in or something and people mm-hmm. were looking at me looking at the house and I was like mind your business right? mind your fucking <laughs> business I'm here to see Amy and Rory okay <laughs>
4: Okay, and the next one we have here is from Ellie, and they say, Hi down there and Elliot, I've been a fan of Doctor Who since 2005 and have never missed an episode. Since I'm autistic, Doctor Who is my safe show and my special subject. Are you sure I didn't just write in? Uh, to myself <laughs> <laughs> growing up I've never had any friends who were a bigger fan of who than I was and I got teased for liking the show but when my best friend her Jodie Whittaker was going to be the next Doctor she immediately started watching and now she's a bigger fan of the show as I am she'd seen a few episodes before she was never a huge fan until now we love that
3: we love that so much
4: I found your podcast originally on TikTok and the first episode I listened to was ranking all the Christmas episodes. It's so nice to have someone else talk to about Doctor Who, even though I'm still talking to myself, just listening to a podcast. <laughs> I'm proud to say I still own all of my Doctor Who figures from when they were released as I was growing up. They live in my toy chest in the cupboard under the stairs, and I plan like to have them on display one day. Uh, some of the bigger characters I own are the Empress of the Rannos. I love that one. The Face of Bow. Same, yeah. I love that one. And a Reaper figure. And I also own 10 and 11's Doctor's TARDIS interior playsets. Amazing.
3: Oh, nice.
4: And now this is just a complete flex because they say, I'm a huge Comic Con fan. I've met so many Doctor Who actors and the list is, and I can't say uh, I will recognise all the names, but thankfully you have put the people I wouldn't know in brackets. So, um, oh, I don't even know how to pronounce the gentleman's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Struan Roger, who voiced the face of Bo. Bernard Cribbins. Sylvester, McC- Sylvester McCoy. Kimil Kadoori, although I only got a photo with her. It's
3: <gasps> <laughs> it's oh my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> fine by me.
4: I just, yeah, I'd love a photo of Kimil Colin Baker, Sasha Dewan, Chris Ruckleston, Mandip Gill, Jodie Whittaker, Alex Kingston, Peter Davison, Sophie Aldred, Jeanette Fielding, and from the Sarah Jane Adventures I Met, Tommy Knight, who plays Luke, and Anjali Mahindra, who plays Rani Chandra.
3: Oh my God. A, well, how much money do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first question I have. Like what? <laughs> that
4: is a great list of people to meet. Uh, most jealous about, uh, I mean Bernard Cribbins because you know sadly, yeah, you know now and uh, probably Alex Kingston.
3: Yeah, I I mean I have seen Bernard a few times in person, like from afar mm. um, at conventions. Um, but Camille Kadiri is the one I'm the most jealous of. I can't lie, that's iconic
4: and. As I'm typing this, I'm planning to go to Wilds Comic Con, Telford Takeover in May. So that was obviously the May just gone, so apologies for getting back to you so late. And I'm planning on meeting Paul McGann and Freema Adjerman. Well, now I would need a follow-up to let me know how that went, because I'd love to meet Paul and I'd love to meet Freema. Um, so do let us know how that went. My question is, is there an actor from any of the Who-niverse is on your top wish list that you'd want to meet? It could be anyone from Doctor Who, Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood. Oh, I feel like I did kind of accidentally answer, I did feel like I kind of accidentally answered that there, but to be honest, um, I'm going to let Damler go first and then I will think of a couple of others. Damler, who's on your list? I mean, you've already met Matt Smith, though, uh, David Tennant.
3: Okay, so, <clears throat> I've met Matt Smith, Jenna Coleman, David Tennant, uh, Sylvester. Jodie. And Jodie. And they were all wonderful individuals. Honestly, had such a pleasant experience with every single one. Met Mark Gatiss, met Stephen Moffat, you know. Um, We'll say I would like to meet Matt and David again, obviously, and get nice photos with both of them. Um, But like people who I've not met at all. Oh, and I met John Sim as well. Um, Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, I want to meet Billy Piper a Mm. lot. Freema a lot. And Catherine, so like all of Russell's like companions. Um, I'll meet Camille. I really want to meet Colin Baker so badly, our bestie Colin. <laughs> oh my god. I was this close to meeting him last year at LFCC, but um I went on the wrong day, I got it confused. So that was but I met Sylvester instead and that's fine because he's a gorgeous individual and he said my name was nice. So, yes. you know
4: He's um, a unique
3: If I had to individual. Yeah, unique individual. If I had to pick top three though just to like cut this short because I could go on forever. I'd say Billy Freemar and Camille. They're like my top three. <clears throat> what chances. about you?
4: Um, I mean, like, obviously, I'd be grateful for meeting anybody. I've never sort of been to a con or anything. Um, it's uh, it's hard to narrow it down. But honestly, I think what I'd love more than anything because, like, I'd love to meet Chris Ruckerson just in general. Not even like Doctor Who related. I would just love to speak to Chris Ruckerson. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. Just as a person. But what I'd love more than anything would be to meet the Ninth Doctor and the Tylers. So, my top three, it would be Chris Ruckerson <laughs> with Camille Kaduri with Billy Piper as like a little family gathering yep. with me kind of in the middle. Yeah. That's what I'd like.
3: Do you know what? I remember when Chris and Billy did a convention a few months back and the photos came out of them together in the same room. Elliot and I actually weeped. Like,
4: I was so no joke. Oh, God, It's just so lovely. It's so lovely.
3: And I'll tell you why Chris wasn't on my list, because I'm scared. <laughs> because I've seen him at conventions. Chris, I love you, babe. You know we love you. Our bestie Chris from day one, yeah. But he just seems a little bit grumpy at conventions. And if I, I don't want to ruin the illusion, I don't want to ruin it. You
4: the know? thing is though, no, I feel like he's very he's very gracious when people meet him, but I feel like, especially when you go to like American conventions and stuff like that, you just get that very cutting kind of mank humour that I think doesn't always yeah. travel very well. Um mm. which yeah can be quite intimidating. I mean you know how much we love the don't ever come dressed as tenant again.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And you're also my first doctor, so lovely meeting you.
4: Well, don't come as tenant ever again.
3: <laughs> yeah that yeah.
4: It's inspired yeah. and hilarious, but I should imagine if you're the I believe American who asked that question, you probably feel very like, oh my god. <laughs> what's oh my god, what's happening?
3: I was going to say as well, guys, completely sorry. I completely forgot to mention her, but I met a Catherine Stewart, who played a Jenny Flint as well. So, you know, Jenny Bastra. Nice. That Jenny. Met her. I here. like that Jenny. She was alright. <laughs> she was a bit like, uh, bored. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Those conventions are fucking tiring, so fair enough, sis. Fair enough. Yeah,
4: fuck that. And our final email, and this is criminal that it's taken us this long to get to it, but um, yeah, we want to give it the time and the Reverence it deserves. It's from Fliss and they say, hi guys. I was thinking about you both today and realised I have two lovely pieces of appreciation to show your podcast and how unexpectedly it's brought joy to two very, very different people in my life. The First is my teenage brother, who's just recently come out to me as gay. I'm the only one who knows, and as Doctor Who is something you've always bonded over, uh, I knew that your podcast would be wonderful for him. You've created a queer, safe space for a 13-year-old boy who's not ready to speak about who he is with the wider world, but that also discusses one of his favourite shows in a detail that has just reignited his passion. The second is the gentleman I care for. He's on a full-time ventilator and is incredibly dependent. However, one of the things we make an effort to do is to talk about the things that we know he was passionate about before his accident. This stimulation is incredibly important in patients with traumatic brain injuries and low states of awareness. As if he does have any brain activity, it is almost certainly locked in the age that he was when he became ill. He loved Doctor Who, brackets, as well as 50 Cent. <laughs>
3: Love that. Love Iconic.
4: that. So to be able to play him such a fun and enjoyable and funny podcast of an evening before bed is such a treat for him and also us as caregivers. Lastly, I wanted to say how grateful I am to have Space talking in such detail about my favourite all-time show. My own sexuality flip-flops around all the time, so. And to feel it in a safe environment where I can just enjoy a discussion about my favourite show is huge for me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Not only for what your podcast does for me, but more importantly, what it does for my very brother and my patient. Your reach is huge, and I'm so glad to have come across you both. been listening non-stop for about a week now. And yeah, so grateful. All my love and support. Fliss.
3: Fliss, um, I'm going to send you a bill for the tissues that I just used to wipe my fucking eyelids. That has made my evening, my week, my year. I have no words for how vulnerably beautiful and heartwarming and just lovely that email was. Like, Like, you didn't have to do that. Like, you didn't have to send in such a lovely email, but you took your time out of your very busy life to do that. And um, I love you. (laughs) Basically, I love you.
4: (laughs) Yeah, when I'm sorry, again, that took so long to get to. But when when we first read it, when I first read it, especially I just like tears. Um, I was gonna say ruined my day. That sounds bad. It didn't ruin my day. It it ruined me emotionally inside. Uh, But thank you so much. It's honestly it was was really lovely to read. Um, And yeah, honestly, thank you so much. And hello to your younger brother. And also the gentleman you care for as well. Lovely to have you around.
3: Hello. Hi, hi, hi. So transitioning from Email Corner, thank you again to all of the wonderful people who have emailed in. Please continue emailing in. We love 3Mail Corner. Highlight of our weeks, our years, our lives. Continue doing that. But it's time to fucking talk about Utopia. And we've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this
4: for so long. It is, it's... Board your rockets. It's time for the podcasting equivalent of Utopia. The skies aren't made of diamond; they're made of audio caramel chat.
3: <laughs> audio caramel.
4: Audio audio caramel. That helps me stay lathered up. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> So, as you may have been able to have tell, no, may have been able to have tell, as you may have been able to tell, may have been able to tell, look, because you may have been able to f- fucking tell from our <laughs> why, right witticisms from the start of the show, we are talking about Utopia today. It is series three, episode 11. It was broadcast on the 16th of June, 2007. It was directed by Graham Harper and it was written by RTD. Damler. Yeah. I watched this episode on my phone outside because I had to go on a trek to the peak of a mountain to meet uh, an ancient wizened man who handed me a scroll and said nothing else before disappearing into the ether, finally ready to die after imparting on to me the information he had to let me know. <laughs> um, the scroll was... It was old weathered. As I unrolled it, almost crumpled in my hand. Um, but, yeah, with with the yellow stained pages and the quill markings I could make out just some words it, it gave me a mantra which reminded me that Ellie, you know what Google thinks the episode is about you know what IMDB thinks it's about you know what you think it's about <laughs> but to help impart the final piece of ancient wisdom I need to know Damler what do you think the episode's about
3: I'll tell you what it's about babe uh, also thanks for going on that bloody little excursion must have been really hard thank you for the effort that you've put in
4: that's okay none of that was planned I don't script any of these that's a nightmare
3: <laughs> but yeah, um, what this episode's about is how you should never use Cardiff as a pit stop. Don't do that.
4: <laughs> no, visit it full time. Visit it properly. Give it the due it deserves. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe go on a Doctor Who tour like I did. Mm-hmm. Elliot, what do you think it's about?
4: It's about how if a old, potentially rich white man's going to promise that he can take you into space on a rocket, probably don't trust him. Especially if he's David Ryan's with... <laughs> zelon Flusk probably don't trust him he's probably (laughs) just a racist
3: oh god no it's so true though it's so true like (laughs)
4: don't trust white men old white men with rockets please don't
3: just don't in in fact (laughs) can we stop going to space let's just stop going to space (laughs) just stop it stop it wow okay i mean we have a lot to get through because here's the thing this episode is everything it's huge huge but before we go any further, we want to just have a little quick disclaimer before we get into it. Like right up top, right up top. There is a certain actor that is in this episode, John Barrowman. Uh, and we've mentioned this many times before on the podcast about how when we talk about Captain Jack or anything to do with any of that, it all falls at the feet of the character. It We are not complimenting... Even if we're talking about the acting, we're talking about it in this very specific scenario. We're not saying we support the actual actor, John Barrowman, because all of that's a bit fucking messy. Just so you're aware. Same goes for other actors who have come out since come out as being a piece of shit. All of that. Just so you're aware. We're talking about Captain Jack here, not John Barrowman.
4: And it's good to get out of the way, first of all, because my first note is about how much I enjoyed that this ties in with the end of series one of Torchwood
3: yep it's kind of seamless it's kind of so seamless that I've mentioned this before but I made an edit of me combining series of uh, the series one finale of Torchwood and the scene at the start when Jack sees the TARDIS I may upload it online for you guys who knows I might do it for the shits and gigs I may just do that for the shits and gigs why not it's so good the only thing about it that's not as seamless is the continuity of his hair Because it's more spiky.
4: Yeah, he doesn't look the same. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it's more flat in series three. Here's the thing. Here's the fucking gag, right? I think the inclusion of Jack in this episode is actually perfect. Like I just Mm. I just feel the dynamic between Martha ten and Jack is so spot on. Like I love it. Obviously my favourite TARDIS team, like in terms of like Jack and the Doctor is nine, Jack. Rose like love that those three together. They're my favourite. We know that. I don't know about you, Elliot, but that's my favourite.
4: Um, oh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because I do really really like Martha, Jack, and Ten, especially going into the next week's episodes.
3: So my question to you is, which Doctor suits Jack the best? Because obviously Jack has met. Well, we're not talking about Big Finish here, by the way. I don't know about Big Finish. We're talking about in the TV show. Ninth, ten, ninth Doctor, tenth Doctor, and thirteenth Doctor. So, what are you saying?
4: I think, I think, I think he suits nine most. Ten's a bit too much on his level in terms of being suave and cheeky. Um, yes. And I have seen *Revolution*, of *The Daleks*, and *Fugitive of the Judoon*, but not recently enough to really remember his and thirteens dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. So. I just know that I like Nine's kind of hating dismissal of the kind of smarmy, charm man, but also them having that really sort of beautiful friendship is nice.
3: Yeah, it's... Yeah, exactly. So, I I just... I don't know. I just love Jack's involvement in this. I think it's so good. They all balance each other out so much. And I just love that Jack just sees the TARDIS and is just fucking legging it like, woo, 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 and then just jumps on it. Like, that is so Jack, isn't it? Like, that's so Jack. And I just love the, DOCTOR! Sorry, I love that.
4: <laughs> I'm amazed at still how good that shot looks of when he's holding onto the TARDIS. There's actually not a bad bit of effects work.
3: I love the shot from underneath when he's jumping onto it. I love that shot. I, I will always mm. love that shot. And then the one of him on the tarlist agreed. I mean, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a fucking quite a big statement here. I think, um,
0: yeah.
3: as someone who is a seasoned Torchwood fan, like myself, like I am a very big, big fan of Torchwood, and I've seen, not read or listened to any of the big finish stuff with Captain Jack. Just to put it out there, but I've seen everything on screen hmm. that Captain Jack is in, involved in. This is my favourite version of Jack to me jack in series the series three finale like the three episodes utopia sound of drums last the time lords this is my favorite version of jack because he is so this is just this is pure jack distilled i think in torchwood he gets a little bit confused but we'll talk about that when we talk about series two of torchwood
4: which is soon soon The thing is because Um, they because they can go further and stuff as well there's a tendency i think sometimes to overplay his kind of sexual sort of like nature whereas here it's perfectly balanced yeah. because it's a kid's show you just kind of have yes. you know him introducing himself to everybody and it makes it funnier rather than being genuinely a bit weird and creepy
3: exactly, exactly and uh, I just think this is my favourite Jack
4: yeah. I mean, from the, Series 3 of Doctor Who the dynamic is absolutely spot on and it's part of why, uh, spoiler alert why I love this episode is because it's so character driven but not a lot happens yes. in terms of actual plot and especially Doctor Who stuff, not a lot actually occurs. You know, it, it's not a yep. running down corridors away from monsters, and but it's it's just so well put together. The fact that I could watch them just walk through the quarry, sorry, on the on the planet surface, um, yeah, 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 just talking is is testament to how well put together the script is. So,
3: agreed. And something I want to talk to you about earlier, I want to know what you think about this: is mm. when Ten sees Jack running on the console screen. Mm -hmm. and just doesn't stop and just kind of flies away. And then obviously he sees him lying on the floor. He knows that he's not dead because obviously he knew, he says that he knew about it, whatever. But I just felt it was very harsh. Like, and I get why, because obviously 10 is very, feels a lot of shame around it, like leaving him, I guess, in a way, even though he said I had to leave you because you're wrong, which I think is rude, very rude. To me, that's very out of character for the doctor, to be honest. Um, don't know, yeah, but then I do,
4: I do really like the way though that, that he says, uh, "You're an impossible thing, Jack."
3: No, I like that too. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but I just no, feel like he was I a t- bit harsh. That was just my feeling about it.
4: Yeah, I un- I mm, I I don't know. I understand though because making someone immortal is not good, and also probably directly his fault. But I do like the sort of character baggage that comes along with him just pushing that problem away.
3: Yeah, it's the, again, until like I said, it, it's the shame. It's the shame.
4: Yeah, until it can't be pushed away anymore and he just has to kind of accept it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do really like it. and I guess it also kind of helps add some clarity to... Not that I ever sort of doubted it much because it's very clearly set up, but it adds some clarity to why, yeah, he just leaves him at the end of Parting of the Ways.
3: I'm glad that was cleared up because, yeah, all of that was a bit mad. Yeah, do you know what it is, Elliot? Before we even talk about more of the episode, because we've done the Jack section, mainly. I think Graham Harper and Russell T Davis are just a magic team. Like any time they come together, magic occurs. Do you know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. Is, it's 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 actually something to behold. To be honest, it's really something to behold. I don't know why they work together so well, but they do, and it's great. yeah. The
4: direction here is really is really strong.
3: Like so strong,
4: um, which for me is exemplified in the you know it being the same quarry that's used over and over again. But like feeling, so I don't know. It just it feels so just so much colder. And yep. I think that blacked out sky really helps because the stars are dead. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's the whole setting of going to the end of the world. I mean, one thing I was going to say is, oh, for what the episode was about, I was like, if you think it's a bad idea, don't do it. <laughs> like you know what I mean? But I think the whole setting of that, you just believe it. You believe that this is like this is des- this is a desperate situation they've landed in. And I mean, geez, the future kind, they make me so uncomfy. I'm very
4: uncomfortable.
3: I'm very, very uncomfortable.
4: They, they are so funky. Yeah. So camp. They Yeah. I, I said they look like sort of Mad Max kind of with like yeah, they do. Kind of guys, that's like their vibe.
3: It's Mad Max on a budget. Do you know what I'm saying?
4: But I love it though. They're really camp. Yeah. Every word they say is very camp.
3: And then like that lady who's in the who actually gets into the silo. Uh, she's just like <sighs> every time. It's like, all right, we get it, we get it. But I love it.
4: Yeah. So the the leader or a chieftain, as his credit has played by Paul Mark Davis, and I just yeah, I love him. He's serving. So much. Oh, for sure. The way he human is...
3: Human.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I love it. Um, and also, fun fact, he's in the episode of Torchwood.
3: Oh, hold on. Fucking iconic. Bear with me. I'm just going to look up what episode of Torchwood he was in. Love live research. He played the cow-led leader in Children of Earth. Sure.
4: Oh, yeah, that's a cow leader, yeah. Yeah, he's just he's delivering, delivering exactly what he needs to deliver on. i
3: kind of like how so the future kind is obviously what humans started have started to become because of just where we are as a species at the time but yeah like i just the whole start of this episode i mean the whole episode for me i love but like the start of the episode Mm. meeting jack them talking about them just having that little catch-up thing i'll say all of the Rose references in this episode make so much sense. Like, I, I'm not annoyed at any of yeah, them. For, like, yeah,
4: for once it doesn't feel, yeah, overdone because Jack would want to know.
3: Yeah, and like, you just say, so you know, just one thing quickly, you know, the Battle of Canary Wharf, I saw the list of the dead and then he's like, oh no, no no problem, she, she's alive, she's on parallel earth, she's fine. And then they hug and then Martha's like, good old Rose. Good
4: old Rose. I do like that, I do like that line. If there's always that part of me that's like, I mean... Yeah, like you know, he's glad. To, he's glad his friend is alive. Go on, don't you? Yeah. But it's funny. Um, I
3: will say though, not to jump too forward. I just want to mention it now in case I forget. But I love when Ten and Jack have that conversation. Like when he's in that kind of radio radiation room, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he mentions how he went and watched Rose grow up for a little bit, which could come off as creepy, but to me it doesn't. It's like he's just looking in on his friend, you know? Um, yeah, it, yeah.
4: It's it's um. And I suppose you know, like it, it's you'd go watch her growing up because if you go too close to like her being like nineteen, there's more chance if she sees you, then everything's just gonna fuck up. Exactly. And it kind of reminds me of you know, it, it kind of reminds me of that lovely scene from the end of time.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think something that we will, what well, I will touch on at least when we get to stolen earth journey's end is how Rose and Jack's relationship is so painfully underexplored and it really upsets me. But we move. We move. Yeah. We move. Because yeah, they were iconic in series one, you know? Anyway,
4: I love just keeping on the on the sort of I uh, guess uh, start of the episode, Jack Train. When they find him, like splayed out on the ground. You know me, I'm a sucker for hearing bits of the Tortured theme.
3: Yeah It's same. such a
4: good bit of music and I like, I love the actual Torchwood theme, but it like it's so dramatic and overdone. I really love just that sound, that sting on its own. Is so, oh, it sends shivers up my spine every time I hear it. It's good.
3: Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. I love it every time. It makes me, I'm, I'm so there with you Um, about that. Something else I want to bring up about that, just close to that scene is, I like that Martha calls 10 out on his shit and it's like, you do realise how fucked that is that you just left him, right? And then, you know, Ten's like, you know, we are at the end of the universe, and you're busy blogging. Blogging. Wonderful. It's wonderful. I love it.
4: I don't know. I don't know what it means, but yeah. <laughs> blogging. Not the word I would have gone for, but fair enough. And no. I yeah, I love that. I love that Martha and Jacks just kind of have that yeah relationship.
3: Like right off the bat, they're just like besties. I love it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, maybe she just says the things for Blonde. Oh, she was Blonde. Of course she was. What a surprise.
3: surprise.
4: Yeah. It's very funny.
3: I love it. Um, but yeah, then we get to the silo, because then all of that, you know, the running starts. There's a lot of running in this episode, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. I was living for it. Give it to me.
4: Because it could turn, like, the future kind who, you know, I think some people could, if they wanted to, debate their inclusion about whether or not it's necessary to have them. I think it turns from maybe being kind of generic threat into like, we're having fun. They're running away from all the time. They're sprinting down corridors. You know, the chase later through the silo is a lot of fun because of how frantic the pace is.
3: Yeah. I just, the silo, everything that happens in just this episode, this episode, (laughs) you get the, you know, we get introduced to Yana, Derek Jacoby. Yeah. I bow before you. What? genius bit of casting like that man can do no wrong this role is one of my favorite things he's ever done period
4: he he delivers probably one of the best performances in doctor who and he's in for sure like you know three quarters of this episode and that's it
3: absolutely couldn't agree more like just you know like you know when he gets like his headaches in the episode and the drum beats coming in and then he gets the voices Mm. in his head which i'm sure we'll discuss and i'm sure you'll tell me the references of some of them um, Maybe. you know, you can feel his pain. Like you can actually feel it. Like I was like, uh, I actually have a headache w- watching you. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow. And
4: I love that. Yeah, it's just while people are talking at him, and he's just like zoning out. I feel like that sometimes. You know, always people around me are having conversations, and I'm just like,
3: uh, for people because you can't see. Elliot is now looking at the floor into space. It's beautiful performance, really. Yeah, at, the,
4: at the floor into space.
3: At the floor and in space. <laughs> um I'm back. But yeah, I just love we were robbed. I know okay, before you all fucking start atting me, I know there's big finish. I know. I know. I know. But I'm saying on screen we were robbed of more of him. I would have loved to see more. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's hard, it's hard because I don't know how I feel because I really love the idea of giving Tenant a equivalent master, someone who has as much Frantic energy to keep up with him is a really good idea, and of course, yes. yeah, it's also why the master, yeah, partly why he regenerates into a younger self as well. Yes, um, but for that, yeah, for that two minutes where Derek Jacobi is not Yana as the master, it's so so good,
3: it's so good, dude. But we'll talk about that towards the end because we have a to say almost too much, exactly. But I just think it's like it's so sad about Yana because the actual character, like the actual person, like Professor Yana, like this um, creation, is such a good person and is so likable. Like, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? How Time Lords can just rewrite their own DNA and just make completely different people. Like we mentioned in the two-parter earlier the series, like he, the, the you know, the Master made himself into a good person.
4: Yeah, and I kind of like almost like the parallel of like. The, Ten, who is very... Well, Ten? you know, he's yeah, the doctor, I should stop using the actor's name, um, was obviously a very good person, um, and when he gets turned into a human, he's kind of a bit of a dick, not necessarily yes. that much of a good person. The master, total dick. As a human, very, very nice, very friendly, very affable, and I like that sort of difference in their dynamic.
3: And Ten says about Yana, like, if you were born in a different time, you would be, like... Worship, like literally, like you would be. Mm. Because obviously, he just basically dedicated his life to helping refugees on different planets and different.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: Places. Um.
4: But what I'm, I'm so interested in kind of finding out, like when he changed his, de- you know, and again, I don't really care about going into Big Finish stuff. Like, <laughs> there's just so much of it. But like, I'm really interested in when the master changed his biology, how long he's been at the end of the universe for, yes, like how long yes. he's been living as Yarna? Because I know, of course, there are the War Master sets and that's all set yes. during the Time War, I believe. So he's the master during that, he's not yeah. Yarna, And I'm sure probably one of them ends with him rewriting his DNA, I don't know. But like, I'm interested I'm interested in that, but I think it's also good to leave it blank.
3: Yes. Um, it's like we can fill in the gaps there, or Big Finish can, and I'm sure they have. Um... Yeah. But, uh, of course, Yana wasn't working alone. He had the adorable, lovely, gorgeous Chantho. Like, I... Chantho. I, every time I... I just get sad when I think about her. And I,
4: I love Chantho. Chantho is encouraged to swear by Martha, and she's also more than happy drinking her own internal milk.
3: I just, I don't know what it is, but, like, <laughs> Also, I don't know what it is because she gets such a sad death. I mean, she mm. she almost defeats him, but then obviously doesn't realise that he can regenerate. But you know, she's a cutie patootie, and she deserves better. Quite frankly, I don't know what else to say. Like, obviously, she has a bit of a soft spot for Professor Yana. Has a bit of a thing for him because she adores him so much. Just everything.
4: And Jack, because I, I love, I do like, I do like that line where Ten's like, yeah, "Stop flirting," and she's like, "Chen, I don't mind though." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." Yeah. Although I don't it, like the jokes of Blue. I'm a little like...
3: Come on. Hey, Blue. It's like, uh, she has a name.
4: Yeah. Maybe later, Blue. It's like, mm, call it
3: I mean, I also, I do like, just quickly, I really do love the continuous joke of, I was saying hello, I was just saying hello. Um, usually that kind of thing would annoy me, but it that didn't annoy me once. I loved every single time it happened with Martha, with Chanzo with the guy in the ship, with the other guy, like, love it.
4: I think it's because I think Ten plays it very well. Like yeah, no, and... stop no. it. Stop it. Yeah, it's very
3: good. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Chantha I just feel so sad for. And I... I will say though, the makeup and prosthetic and um, what's it called? The anime, not anime. What am I talking about? The um,
4: the sort. Of, yeah, like the puppetry on her. Um... The puppetry. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, pincers move, don't they? Sort of independently. All of that Dalek Sec hybrid technology coming back into play.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I yeah. think it works really well. I really, really like it. Mm.
4: Of course, the prosthetics is so good that you don't even realise that she's in Series 4. Um, exactly. Uh, so Chanto is played by, uh, and apologies if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, I would say Chipo Chung. Very well, though. Very, very good. Very, very good. Incredible performance. And she's very good in Turn Left. She's fucking menacing as fucking Turn Left. She's
3: so good in that. But yeah, I love, I just love the whole dynamic of, like I said, the TARDIS team, but also them with Yana and Chantho, like they all get along really, really well. There's banter, but they also work together really well. I just, for the short amount of time that they're together, you just they feel f- that dynamic. Feel like a,
4: they feel like a little family.
3: They really do already. Like, it's so lovely. Um, I also love when Jack takes out his, you know, doctor detector, you know.
4: handy's bare hand
3: yeah it's handy spare hand in the jar which is the first time we see the hand in the jar in doctor who obviously we've seen it in torchwood already but um i love how that just all that whole interaction there that conversation just in that little corner of that room that was really good and just like you know you've got a hand in a jar a hand in a jar a hand in a jar in your bag
4: <laughs> yeah and i love when he's <laughs> like oh i do i lost i lost my hand on christmas day and then she's like oh well, i suppose you grew it back You're like, yeah i did
3: hello it's it's wonderful it's wonderful. Yeah. And then everyone's having a really serious conversation about the rocket. And then she just goes, you grew another hand. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, hello. <laughs> hello.
4: Yeah. No, I. it's honestly why, like, um, we had this conversation at the start, but, like, all of my notes kind of slow down. Because as soon as they get up into Yana's lab, it's just so, so lovely. They're such a little family. I, I would watch that TARDIS team. Some people might say, five people in the TARDIS, overcrowded. No, I'd love this TARDIS team. Um, and I just love watching them interact. It's so beautiful.
3: Yana and Ten being, like, the parents, you know, um, Martha being also one of the parents, and then Jack and Chantho being the children. Like, yeah, love that.
4: Yeah. Would love.
3: I mean, from that point onward, it's just... I mean, the pacing of this episode is quite fast, but the start is just, like, quite normal, and then suddenly it just goes boom, 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 and the best way. Like, I think the pacing of this is so intense in the best way possible i just think this episode is kind of it has everything doctor who that we love i feel like as a fandom like we've got yeah a returning iconic character we've got an amazing base all of the running a plot twist
4: probably the greatest plot twist the show's ever done
3: an amazing cliffhanger yeah and one of the best cliffhangers of all time do you know what i mean like it's amazing and i just think The way it's all kind of revealed, it's so fucking good. Like, the master's reveal.
4: Yeah, the the fact that I know going into this episode that, that Yana is the master, the fact that I know that for a fact, but that I still get lulled into that sense of loving Yana as a character and still then always feeling that kind of upset shift and even kind of being like, oh my god, every time he's revealed to be the master, even though I know that's how good it is. Yeah. And I can't imagine having watched this at the time. I mean, I did, but I didn't know who the master was. Um,
3: this is it. That's something you said, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Because when we both watched it, I'm going to speak on behalf of both of us, correct me if I'm wrong, my love, but I felt like when I watched, because obviously when I w- watched it for the first time when I was younger, I still remember how I felt, and I just felt so enthralled by the whole thing. I had no idea who the master was, and I, it still shocked me. It still, I was like, oh my God. And the way, I mean, we'll talk about it next week and the week after, but the way they introduce the master, even though a lot of people at that time didn't even know who the master was because a lot of kids were just so young they hadn't seen the classic series and they weren't able to. Introducing the master to a new audience was just done so well. And I just think the way this reveal was done, like you just know that this is a time lord and that you understand that there's something really, there's there's something amiss here, you know. And I think it's really cool with when the Buzzwords are being said, like, oh, it's called a TARDIS regeneration. My favorite is regeneration, regeneration,
4: regeneration. 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 Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, I because I, as well, obviously, it's 2007, so I feel like this exists as well in a beautiful time where you probably could have been really into the show and watched it and kind of you would have been, you know, you might have had your suspicions that it was the master. Maybe I don't know, you know, I can't speak for people, but like, you're watching it by yourself in that moment to kind of think about it. And I'm one of those people I don't sort of, I love, I love, guys, I love movies. Um, (laughs) I (laughs) um, love movie pictures. (laughs) But but I get so, I get so invested in the story, right? Like, you know, I said before, you know, I like, I enjoy writing. What I enjoy in movies is stories. And I, if a story is good, I get so sucked into it that I don't, I'm never thinking 12 pages ahead of the script unless I'm bored. So, I don't guess a lot of plot twists, but not because I'm unable to, but because I'm not there mentally. That's not where I'm at. I'm at the moment in that scene, thinking about where whether, knowing where the story is going, rather than trying to outpace a movie. So if I had watched this, I wouldn't have guessed because I was just watching it at the moment. But I feel like it's impossible now with things like Twitter. Not that I go on my phone whilst I'm watching Doctor Who, but you know, like when you get on the flux, episodes comes out and you got all these people being like, "She's definitely the R- Tectaun's, definitely the Rani," um, and it's just like. <laughs> She's kind of boring, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, whereas I yeah. feel like, yeah, I feel like if this happened now, Twitter would just be going alight with it. And I feel like that's why you get, like, Sasha Dewan's reveal as the master. I I enjoy it, but the only reason it feels shocking is because they literally don't lay the groundwork for it. Whereas, like, in this, they lay all of the foundational work for you to try and figure it out. If that was happening on Twitter, so many people would have guessed it already because people like being smug on Twitter. Yes. Whereas now I feel like the only way they can have reveals is by literally not setting it up in any organic way, but just going, oh, this person's this. <laughs> <laughs> Secret good fourth Sherlock episode. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it, it's yeah. it's
3: very sad, to be honest. But I agree yeah. with you, I think. I don't know, I just... Okay, i ask you this, right? So obviously, when the master, Yana, is, you know, the you know, holding the watch, we'll get to the watch, we'll get to it. But I just want to ask you this. So when Liana's holding the watch and the voices are coming out, right? Obviously, I know some of them are from past actors and like clips from those, uh, sections from the classic series. But that one voice that's speaking to Liana going, come on, you old man, open, uh, open me and, you know, take in the ma- my majesty or something or whatever he says. Actually, I want to get the line. Let me get the line. One I'm, second.
4: I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure that is Derek Jacoby.
3: is it? Is it?
4: I'm, pre- I'm 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 hundred percent sure that's not that's not a previous act, so I'm I'm pretty sure that is Derek Jacobi Because he's yeah, it's, it's you fool, you fool, you human fool, open me. I'm pretty sure that's Derek Jacobi. The only two other credited actors for as the master in this, it's Anthony Ainley and Roger Delgado. And I believe they have their lines kind of bolted together because I can't ever hear Anthony Ainley yes. in the mix. And I'm pretty sure it's obviously it's the moment where he says, um, he goes, Surrender, and you will give your power to me. I'm pretty sure that is Anthony Ainley saying the first part, and then it's bolted on with Roger Delgado from The Daemons. Right. Um, okay. Because when I was watching The Damons not too long ago, uh, and Roger Delgado says to the villain at the end, you will give your power to me. I was like, oh, that's from Utopia. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the first bit where he says like surrender or something is like a bolting of Anthony Ainley onto Roger Delgado to make a kind of one thing. And every other voice you hear is then Derek Jacobi as the master. I'm pretty sure.
3: Oh, here we go, here we go. Okay, so I'm looking on Dr. Hoogle, who uh, we love. Um, and Delgado is the one that says, destroy him and you will give your power to me. And then uh, the quote that I was talking about, which is the drums, the drums, the never ending drum beat, open me, you human fall. open the light and summon me and receive my majesty, which is a fucking iconic line. It's not one of my favourite quote, but it's fucking iconic. Um doesn't say who it is. I do want to find out though, just quickly Yeah, I'm
4: pretty I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure it's Derek Jacobi. Because but I'm also pretty sure that Anthony Enley features in it and I can't hear Anthony Enley's voice anyway. Maybe it is just Roger Delgado, but I always th- Thought that Anthony Ainley had a voice cameo in it as well from like archive material, but
3: it says here on Reddit. So God knows if this is accurate because it's Reddit, but it says <laughs> a quick internet search shows that it was the master and the lines came from both actors. They used Ainley's laugh as well as a line from Delgado and then mixed it with Jacoby. So who knows?
4: Oh, okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, because 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 again, Anthony Ainley, Anthony Ainley An- 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 sadly passed in two thousand four, so he he couldn't provide anything new either. So yeah, so I think yeah that they use that full Delgado line then, and that must be mixed in with Anthony Ainley's quite iconic, just sort of yeah. him not interact with cats.
3: But I just love, I love the receive my majesty and like all of that. That that's just such a good line. And then
4: mm. yeah, yeah, the fact that yeah the master's so callous that he's even like yeah. being nasty to himself.
3: <laughs> it's very in character. I feel like, it's but very... yeah, I just love the the watch reveal, dude. I mean, fuck. I still get chills. I'm like, what? Like, it wasn't even just... It was sprung on us. but It also didn't feel like it was sprung on us. It was kind of done so well, you know?
4: What makes it so good is you have that really amazing, twinkly bit of score from yes the episode. And you have that kind of shot of him where he's like, you know, oh time travel we used to talk about time travel in the old days and it's very whimsical and then as soon as he's like he's like oh I can never keep time and as soon as he takes that watch out of his pocket the whole tone just yeah Uh, ugh ugh it's it's horrible almost
3: it's horrible but fucking stunning um, <laughs> it's,
4: it's very it's very it's very um like Stolen Earth Journey's End vibe where you have yeah. you know, Rose and the Doctor running together because you have that moment yeah. of joy and jubilation and then you have it ripped away from you and yeah having this kind of lovely moment of oh he's reminiscing about time travel and he's kind of having a nice moment to himself ripped away from you because you know what that watch means it's so ugh and do you know what I think
3: Freema isn't given her you know flowers for this either I mean she, I feel like Freema isn't appreciated enough anyway but her face and the way she's like, can I just have a look at that? Sorry, like, oh, no, I'm fine. Okay, I just... And you're like, oh, my God, even thinking about it, it just makes me, you know, and it's just the way it all connects together because Russell's a fucking genius. We love you, baby. You know what I mean? Like, And I love that she's yeah. still
4: not sure until he turns it over.
3: Yeah, I think that was genius because in the moment when you've not seen the episode before, it could literally go either way. You've got the watch on the other side. It could be they turn it around and you're like, oh, okay. It, it's not that. Yeah. But then you get all of the kind of insignia on there and like everything. And you're like,
4: oh, there. And you have more of that amazing Rusty Davis, You know, where he, like, he he names like things amazingly whereas like, you know, women wept and yeah, yep. the nightmare child and things. And he's found with it naked as a baby on the shores of the Silver Devastation. Oh, that's so cool. oh Jesus. That's so cool.
3: That might come up again later on, but who knows?
4: <laughs> I won't yeah I won't do the full quote but I love that I but I also love that he's like you get that kind of perception filter working in real time as well where he, he's like it's not meant to be yeah yeah it's broken how do you know it's broken well it just is look it doesn't even open it's not and then he just it's not meant to be and you're like oh, he's realising I don't like it Gordon. He's I don't like it because he's realising
3: and it's getting stressful because you know Martha you know he goes dun, 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 dun. love it love it love it Murray going... running. No, fully, fully. Also, Murray, again, Murray, love...
4: What are you doing, Murray? Oh, the music in this episode is probably my favourite, like, overall scored episode.
3: It's amazing. I listen to these tracks, all the time, like, The Future Kind, all of that. Um...
4: Well, the amount of times I listen to the Master Van Glorious is like...
3: Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But it's the way, like, Martha's running and then catches up to Jack and Ten and is just like... He's got a watch. It's like, you watch, you know, just same everything. And then Ten's realisation. You're like, oh, if Ten's panicking, then we're fucked. Like,
4: I, I do love, yeah, I like, because I feel like that scene, it, it could be a bit like, expositionally maybe a bit frantic, but David just sells the, the fear. It's when so really, he's like, like, what did he
3: say? What did he say? And it's like, oh my God, stop yelling. But also I love it, but also I'm stressed. Ah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, are you happy? He's like, yeah, no, of course. Cool, brilliant. Yeah. Depends which one.
3: Yeah, exactly. Literally, it depends <laughs> which one.
4: Yeah, and everything that Jack says as well, because I just love the, you know, where the dogs like, yeah, of course, but there can't be another one because they died, the Time Lords. All of them. I saw them die. And then Jack goes, not if he's human. And it's like, oh.
3: Girls! It's giving plot twist. It's
4: so
0: <laughs> um- good. <laughs>
3: And, like, the Yana... I want to forget this. The Yana realisation, as a kid, I was like, that's so fucking smart. And it is still really smart. But, like, you know, you are It not is alone. really
4: good. It is really good, yeah. And,
3: again, with the face of Bo.
4: Yeah, and then when you realise... Yeah, obviously the face of Bo is Jack as well, so...
3: Yeah! It's so fucking <laughs> clever! Sorry, but I'm yeah, just, like, David definitely
4: around. says it. Like, his face when he's looking at Yana on the monitor is so good.
3: Yeah, and then... He opens the watch. Well, no, you get that wonderful shot of him opening the watch, and then Chantho's like, "Professor, Professor," and then he turns around, and there's just that dun dun dun, and it's the, all the strange, strange creatures, but kind of revised version where it's like, "dum dum dum,", dum and it's just chills, chills, and,
4: and Derek Jacobi's ability, even just in his face, to shift from the lovely yeah, Professor Yamma to yeah. the monster is just so. It's the
3: shift, oh. and then. You know, just like, I love that Chantho is like, you're ruining all of our work. And she's slowly realising that he's not himself and something fucked is going on. And she just grabs the gun. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then just shoots him. Well, no, 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 no well not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, cause, yeah. Cause, yeah. yeah.
4: because it's it was going to be my favourite line. but I've got so many that I don't mind saying it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When she pulls that blaster on him and just because I love that. Jacoby decides to do it in like quiet menace, like he never yeah. raises his voice. He's just like, and so when she pulls that gun out and he grabs the electrical cable, she goes, Oh, now I can say I was, I was provoked. provoked. It's yeah. like, Oh, Jesus oh. Christ, it's so With gross. With you Chan
3: and you're though driving me insane.
4: <laughs> <It's just> insane. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. He, and he really oh. gives her a hard time just when he's like, Yeah, you know, he's like, All these years, did you not want to think to ask me about that watch? Yeah, it's like, Oh.
3: Oh my and, god! And yeah, because
4: their relationship was so strong, to watch it like fall apart—it's yeah. so sad.
3: I mean, he did use her a little bit and didn't appreciate her enough, but it was still very, very sad to see all her hope for him yeah. just drain out of her eyes, you know?
4: Yeah, and yeah, not only is he destroying the friendship, but he's destroying all of their work as well. Like literally everything they've been doing. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna come in with with like a hot take. Um, but like, I love, I love, I love uh, John Toon's Master goes in some really fun places. But everything that's come since. Everything that came before, this is the best scene involving the Master just ever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't get better than this, and it is better than anything that came before it, in my opinion, because it's just so nasty, and Derek be so good, yeah, that it can't be beaten.
3: And then he, he's giving Voldemort at the end with, "I
4: am the Master," but it's the fact he just like draws that out so much as well, and it's so slow and so cold and so deliberate, but so good.
3: Yeah, it's it's a wonderful, it's just a wonderful performance to be perfectly, perfectly fucking honest with you. And then, you know, the running from ten from Jack, like running, and then it's like, open the door, get it open. And like when when ten <laughs> starts screaming, you know it's fucked. You know the whole situation's fucking out of control. <gasps> yeah,
4: what I love though is it goes from goes from screaming and being like chaotic into like realising that it's the master and this is actually a problem and he now has to kind of resign himself he gets really proper scared
3: it's the way he knows it's the master without anything else he just has he just knows
4: yeah because who else would it be
3: exactly and then you know because he got shot by Chantho goes into the TARDIS it's that one little look they have and then he goes into the TARDIS deadlocks the door and mm. he's like shot by a girl how inappropriate
4: He's <laughs> taking all of my lines um so,
3: well we'll get <laughs> half of my lines are all so good but um and then you know he regenerates
4: but I, I i that piece of that piece of music though that plays when he runs into the tardis i can't even do it just this is so good yeah
3: yeah and then you know he starts to regenerate and it's just it's so good and then the light coming up the TARDIS hitting 10 but then Jack and Martha trying to shut this door as well it's just stressful mm. and it's like ah ah and then when he starts to speak when you know when, when John Sims starts to speak when he's regenerated and then Martha saying hold on I know that voice mwah, mwah, mwah. we don't even know why she knows that voice
4: the fucking Prime Minister baby and I love I love the I think we have talked about it before probably when we were, we were probably at some point counting down our favourite regenerations but um, oh, sure, yeah the yeah. The multicolored rainbow effect, the uh, yep. the master's regeneration is the best regeneration. It's never been done better.
3: It it's 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 up there for me. It's up there.
4: I just love the deviation from the standard Time Lord energy effect that it's just like rainbow for some reason, but it looks cool.
3: I mean, my favorite regeneration effect and like visually is uh, my favorite visual regeneration is 13s, but this is like up there, like, and I just love the screaming. I love yep. it.
4: Just, yeah, it's horrible. And but in the best way.
3: All of that, and then you know he's taking off in the TARDIS, and you're like, what the fuck are they going to do? They're stuck there. The future kind are about to rip their heads off. Ah,
4: ah. Yeah, and Ten locks the TARDIS. Yes. You only go to one place. Well, yes, we don't. We, we don't
3: know that yet. We far. don't
4: know that, no. But he does do hickey it with the screwdriver.
3: But you know he's done something when he's like, oh no, you don't. John Sim. Did. Oh, John
4: Sim. By the way, looks like he's having a fucking time of his life running around the TARDIS.
3: This is for me, and I've said this before because I um, I've seen a few other things John Sim's done. Sorry, John, love ya, but this is the best performance you've ever done. But we'll talk about that next week.
4: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm re- I'm seen him in tons of other stuff, um, and every time I do, I'm always like, I'm the master. Yeah. Um... But yeah, yeah, uh, he is very, very good in this. And it was the correct decision to bring him back, although both times he's never as good as he actually was.
3: Yeah, but but we'll get there. Spoilers. Spoilers, darling. So now we're at the wrap-up, where we talk about our standout moment. What didn't work? Our most doctory moment. And our favourite quote slash quotes, Elliot, as always, chucking it over to you. You ready? You gonna catch it? Got it. Right, go for it, babe.
4: <laughs> the <laughs> the standout moment. It's fucking hard to pick. Um,
3: yeah, really hard. Because
4: I can't just say the whole third act. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean the whole episode. But I think um, if I'm living my truth i do think it's probably the regeneration actually like there's probably other technically better things like the reveal of the watch and i mean just everything but i love yeah of how sore a loser the master is uh the fact that he's like yeah the doctor can be young and fit then so can i and then just screams his way into his next regeneration it's very very cool i like it that's the sound of a man who's not had to regenerate for a very long time
3: so i have two for my standout moment. One of them is that, the Masters of Regeneration. I think Derek Jacoby and John Sim are brilliant actors and it was amazing for all the reasons we said above. Um, my second one, though, and my top one, is the conversation between Jack and Ten in the radiation chamber.
4: That would be my, my other.
3: The dialogue, the acting, everything is perfect. Like, I just... the The, the blocking of that the I don't know I just think it was a well very well directed scene very well acted very well just everything everything I love everything they were talking about and I love that Jack gave the doctor and the audience people who obviously like the younger viewers who didn't want who haven't watched Torchwood or people who just don't want to watch Torchwood give us a lovely little roundup of like Jack having to live throughout the entire 20th century like yeah yeah
4: and I love the other moment where um Jack's like trying to do that last like pull the lever on the last like radiation thing and uh, the doctor's like do you do you want to die and then he just goes oh this one's a little stuck Um, like completely not wanting to answer the question yeah and for some reason I don't know why it lives in my head as well but the way that David leans his head against the glass and goes Jack yeah I don't know why he just delivers that in such a unique way
3: my favourite one actually is because that's a close one but my favourite is when he has his hand on his eye and he's like yeah
4: yeah, for some reason he just <laughs> kind of... He, he The way he starts saying things in that scene is all sort of very... It falls into a really odd register that David doesn't go to very often.
3: God, we love, I love being of niche a on this podcast, don't you?
4: <laughs> it's my... this, Guys, new regular feature, but our favourite bit of David Tennant diction.
3: Yeah, literally. <laughs> David Tennant diction. We should actually have yeah. that as a section. Genuinely. David Tennant Probably, diction. Oh, because
4: we do, we do, like, blogging.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I also love just before the scene started, actually, when Jack's taking off his coat and his top and tends like, you know, it's not going to take off flesh. It's fine. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, it's not going to take off clothes either or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I know. But I look good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Me. I do that. I'm like, it's cold outside, but the fit needs to slay. So whatever.
4: <laughs> anyway,
3: what didn't work for you in this episode? If you can fucking find one, because I'm struggled. Well, I have one. I've
4: one tiny thing and I had to nitpick
3: Me too me too but yeah it's 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 a struggle And
4: it's and it's a it's a preference thing as well Okay But I think I think I don't it works later on with the face of bow but I don't like the choppy flashback to David getting his hand cut off
3: Yeah and then the one with Rose as well it's like mm, why are we doing this
4: I just don't think it sort of yeah enhances the Story, I think it takes away from it personally. Yeah, it works really well with the face of Bo. I don't mind seeing him say, Yeah, you're that not makes sense, alone. but
3: because it's from that series, yeah. so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
4: but it's just something weird about it being like, oh, I lost my hand on Christmas Day, and then it cutting to it. It's like we, we all saw,
3: yeah, we all know, and even if
4: we didn't see, you're telling us, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah,
3: my one is also a bit of a nitpick, but mine was, Why was the power not being observed by someone? Because the future kind person could just have free reign on it and just go, you know whatever. And it's like, should there not have been a bodyguard or something? Like, security? Whatever.
4: Yeah, I suppose they are all in the Utopia rocket.
3: True, but then there were some people left over, so I don't really get that.
4: There's a, There was a couple of, like, things that if I really wanted to, like, really, really wanted to nitpick, I could, like, um, how the gate is just, like, padlocked, but then as soon as the master throws the switch up, they can just, like, break through the padlocked gate. It's very strange, but I... Yeah, but, yeah, nitpicks.
3: Yeah, nitpicks.
4: Yeah, literally, like, yeah. Does not matter. <laughs>
3: so most doctory moment. What are you saying?
4: Um, I kind of want to combine it with a with a, with a quote, if I might. Go on. Because it's when when basically the doctor fixes the entire rocket system when he gets it working, which I love anyway. And then Yana's like, you know, how how did you do that? He goes, oh, well, well, we've been chatting away. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm brilliant.
3: Mine uh, is similar to that. So my most doxy moment is the Doctor referring to himself and how clever he is multiple times. Like multiple times in this episode. Like, uh, by the way, I fucking slay. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, that's mine as well.
4: My runner-up, though, would be when they first land uh, and the Doctor's like, the end of the universe. Even the Time Lords didn't go this far. We shouldn't be here. We should go. We should really go. Proper, definitely go. And then he just gets that grin on his face and runs outside. It, it's good.
3: Yeah. I agree with that. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, favourite quotes. I have two. No. Uh,
4: uh, uh, most mastery moment.
3: Sorry. Oh, oh, okay, you're going to do a most mastery moment. Okay. What <laughs> was well, Yarnery moment?
4: Oh, God, we, there's there's enough master content here, even though he's only in it for like two minutes. There's enough master content for to pick out individual moments, I think.
3: <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna do most mastery moment and most yarnery moment because we're what fucking extra so <laughs> most mastery moment for me, I would say is definitely the screaming when mm. the mastery generates like I don't know why, but that just I feel like that's just a perfectly distilled moment of just how mental the the master is as a character um and then most yarnery moment I would say is how much he doubts himself all the time when he's literally so fucking clever, like do you know what I mean? Like just I'm a fool, I'm an old man, you know, I'm just da da da. it's like, Girl, have some fucking belief in yourself. Do you know what I mean? What are you saying?
4: Uh most mastery moments probably just the general hatred of Chantho. Very very nasty, very horrible, but very, very in character most yarnary moment actually probably he's like not his introduction but when he first meets the doctor when he kind of points at Jack he's like the doctor and then um, he's like no and then he kind of meets the actual doctor and then they just like run off holding hands it's very very cute
3: I agree with you I think I love them it's like are you the doctor good good it's good apparently okay so favourite quotes then my lovely I have two Mm -hmm. wait I'm gonna go over to you
4: uh, I mean, the basically have all been said. So you know, now I now I can say I was provoked. or do I mind? I am the master. It's just amazing. Uh, I do like we kind of mentioned it briefly, but to give the line its full respect, uh, killed by an insect, girl. How inappropriate! It's very good. Ah. Um, and yeah, uh, John Sims whole just opening, you know, hello, hello, <laughs> yeah, Your voice. Why don't I stand here and tell you all my plan so you can figure out a way to stop me? I don't think
3: so um, good.
4: So yeah, it's the end, end of the universe. Have fun.
3: Bye bye.
4: Is yeah, I love that. I love all of that. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and within within that speech as well, when Tim's like, uh, you know, I'm really properly asking you, please stop. And then John Tim just goes. Say my name. Master. Master. Tough. 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 Very good. (laughs) So
3: good. Mine. So I have two. So the first one is, Martha, is that what happens though? Seriously? Do you just get bored with us one day and disappear? Jack, not if you're blonde. Martha. Oh, she was blonde. Oh, what a surprise. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, And then, Next one is, we've mentioned both of these already, so it's not going to be a surprise, but then the next one is Yana, when he says, I was an orphan in the storm. I was a naked child found on the coast of the Silver Devastation, abandoned. So good. The Silver, Silver Devastation, Devastation. The Sil- Silver Silver Devastation, the podcast. We fucking missed a trick there. Damn. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, but yeah, there are so many good ones. You know, boys and their toys. I've got a sports car. he's got a space opera.
3: Like, um, what What an episode, you know, like, babe. We've been gifted. We've been gifted. We've been blessed. But what are we giving it out of five?
4: I would be remiss to say anything lower than a five.
3: Yeah, me too. Woo! We matched. It's one
4: of the fucking best episodes of the fucking show. That's why. Yep, yeah, yep.
3: Yeah, it's one of the best fucking things I've ever seen in my whole life. It's a five out of five from the pair of us
4: and controversially in a series that has you know human nature family blood people love it blink people love it It may or may not be the best episode series three save it save it but it might be the best one
3: (laughs) because it's the first
4: five i've given out this series
3: (laughs) it's oh this is my second one um but yeah wow utopia what a ride
4: Anyway, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can now do so in two separate ways. You can head over to Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Podcast. We have one tier. It's the companion tier. It costs £3 if you want to get us things like a PO box or just general improvements to the show. That's the place to go. You can be as cool as Rivers, Bulldozer7113, Jason, Becker Judson-Smith, Abby Parts, Jack Wilson, Ben Summersall, uh, Miria, Sarah, and... Hello to our new patron, Grace. They are all pledging £3 there on the Companions here. However, if you don't want to pledge... However, if you don't want to pledge £3 a month, well, you can consider one-off donations. Ko-fi.com forward slash Come Along Pond Podcast. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Come Along Pond Podcast. You can buy us the price of a cup of coffee. One for me, one for Damla, or one individually if there's a presenter that you don't like as much as the other one. But... That's the place to go for one-off donations. However, don't think that's the only way you can support the show. If you want to be cool and you want us to read out your emails, you can do so like Belle, like Ellie, and like the wonderful Fliss and her brother and the gentleman she cares for. We are big fans of theirs, just as they are big fans of us. You will get your email read out on the show eventually, even though it may take 20 years to get around to it, but that's fine. Other ways you can support the show, TikTok. TikTok.com forward slash Come Along Podcast. We post funny little vignettes and wry little bon mots of us talking, having silly little hot girl chats. We get angry at men in the comments. That's how that works. However, if you're over here, you've already listened to the TikTok, because that's how you found us. Anyway, speaking of utopia, ha, not. You can find us on twitter.com, that is forward slash DW. Over there we post weekly when the show goes live. However, if you have thoughts, opinions, and things you want to tag us in, you can do that. More people have been doing that, and we have been interacting with them, and it's very nice to see you all over on the Twittersphere, even though you should abandon that ship very soon. Threads is in town, get with it, baby. Anyway, You can also join us over on Instagram. Instagram! It's your one-stop shop. Posts. Stories. Reels. Q&As. Instagram Lives. Polls. It's all happening over there, baby. You want to find out when an episode's coming out? You want to find out what we're doing next? You want to find out if an episode's been delayed? You want to find out what our love lives are like? Baby, it's all over the Instagram. 2,000 crazy people over there now. It was like two weeks ago we did a live to celebrate 1,000 of you. There's now 2,000 of you over there. You're crazy. I love you all. Shoot us a DM. We will get back to you, or at least give it a like if we're busy. But we do interact over there. Give us some comments. Give us some loves. Like our posts. Share it on your own stories. Have some fun. Instagram.com forward slash comealongpondpodcast. can't miss the same artwork everywhere. You'll love it. It's a beautiful hub of beautiful people. We enjoy it so much. But... All of that being said, Damler, it's been lovely being joined by you,
3: my love. I honestly had the best time. I am so excited for next week. It's just going to get fucking crazy from here, and I can't wait.
4: Like this is my utopia.
3: This is this is this is my era's tour. No, I'm joking. That could be the actual thing, but yeah, it's close.
4: <laughs> no, that's why I said it's my utopia. Yeah, good, but not yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> not quite
4: five star. Five stars, baby. Five stars. Incidentally, it's been lovely chatting to all of you at home as well. And we give you air from our lungs.
3: (sighs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye
4: Bye-bye. End of the podcast.
3: (laughs) Bye-bye.